I, I want to preach tonight, if you like to write down what the man of God preaches so that he can't come back next year and preach this same sermon, then I want you to write down this thought. The need of the hour is to press on. Amen. The need of the hour is to press on. You say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, I am convinced as I studied the Apostle Paul, I noticed that he, he and I guess it's probably why I love the Apostle Paul. He loved to talk about sporting events. Amen. Matter of fact, he, he gives us one there in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26. Not as one that beateth the air. In other words, Brother Joplin, that is a boxing reference. Then we come to Timothy. And he said, Paul, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. That is a wrestling reference. We have a boxing reference. We have a wrestling reference. But the thing that the Apostle Paul loved to talk about more than anything on the planet, he loved a good foot race. Amen. He just loved a foot race. And when I come to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, that little word there, press, is a running term. It means to run with energy. It literally means to run with aggressiveness. It means to follow after, and I love this, with haste. To run hard. You, you, I can see the wheels are turning in your mind. Derek, what does it mean? What does it mean to press on? This is the simple truth about pressing on. Pressing on means we stay on track. It means that we run and we follow the course. And we finish the race. Amen. You say, Derek, do you think that is needed in the American church? Absolutely needed in the American church. We have to stay on course. We have to stay on track. We have to finish the race. Now, I want you to hear me tonight because there's a whole lot I could tell you. I hear someone say, but Brother Derek, I don't run. Well, I hear them say, I, I only run if it's to the kitchen table. Yeah, I understand. I see a few hands, Brother Troy, and I see you. Brother Paul, I see us, but, but, but listen to me. The moment that you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you started running a race. You are running a race for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Matter of fact, you left the highway to hell. And you got on the king's highway. Things changed when you left the old. The old you that was bound by drugs and bound by sin and bound by the things of this world. And Jesus became Lord of your life. And you put on some, you took off the old clothes and you put on some new. Amen. Derek Stinnett, what do you mean? Well... I think I can word it like this. You changed families. Is anybody glad you changed families? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and so 
here's where we are. Now we run for the cross. Now, Brother Troy, we run for the prize. Now we run for the crown. I, I know your world was affected just like my world. The devil doesn't like us running this race. The devil don't like you in church, worshiping Jesus, praising the Lord, and running with intensity, and running with all you have. He don't want you in the race. Amen. And would you agree, when COVID hit, and we closed our doors, would you agree the devil was delighted that the church shut down? And that we, you say, but Derek, what does it mean? As we shut down, the devil was delighted. And thoughts like this came to my mind. I said, God, the devil, the devil wants me to get tired, but God wants me to press on. The devil wants me to get distracted, but God wants me to press on. The devil wants me to pull out. God wants me to press on. Amen. The devil wants me to get my feelings hurt, stick my thumb in my mouth, feel sorry for myself, and, and, and pout out. And God, Bryson, wants me to press on. And, and, and here is the thought. I said, God, what do you want me to tell them at the well tonight? And God gave me three things that I want to give you. And I want to pour it into you tonight. Three simple truths about the need of the hour is to press on. Number one, and I love this. We press on because of a, of a person. Amen. Let me say that again. We press on because of a person. Look at the last phrase of verse 12. I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Look at the last phrase of verse 14. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to shock you tonight. Do you realize we don't press on for a church? We press on for a person. We do not press on for a man. We press on for a person. We do not press on for a pastor. We press on for the master. Amen. And you say, Derek Stennett, what are you talking about? I hit this and I'm going to hit it one more time. When you joined the family of God and you started running a race, you took off the garments. You took off the garments and the old clothes, the garments of sin and the garments of guilt and you put on the garments of grace. Amen. And Chris, can I tell you tonight, when you left the old life and the father of lies and you joined the family of God and God wiped the slate clean and wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, would you agree with me? He wants you to run on for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Keep on running because we're in a race. The need of the hour is to press on. And, and here's where we get this, bless me, when I read this about Paul, and, and, and I'm sure it'll bless you. This word, Brother Joplin, Sister Andrea, this word makes me nervous. And, and it's right here in my text, verse 12. Paul said, either we're already perfect. Everybody say perfect. perfect. Do you understand? I'm looking around. 
nobody in here perfect. Now, I mean, I've been around some folk that acted like they were perfect. Everybody look up here. They give me a nervous twitch. Hey, baby girl, I hate to bust your bubble. You ain't perfect. Hey, hot shot, I hate to bust your bubble. You ain't perfect. I hang around you two seconds. I can already tell. Amen. And you can already, hey, I mean, you can already tell. I ain't perfect. I get that. But I was reading this. And God said, we run on for a person. But he said, Derek, look at this great Christian. Probably one of the greatest Christians in the Bible. He uses the word perfect. But Brother Joplin, that little word perfect does not mean perfect. That little word literally means accomplished. Think about this. The greatest Christian that has ever lived. He said, I have not yet accomplished all that God wants me to accomplish. I have not yet got done all the things that God wants me to do. Now, give me just a second. This guy is the same guy that wrote half of the New Testament. He is a pastor. He is an evangelist. He is a missionary. He is a church planter. He is the greatest Christian that ever lived. And here, do not miss this, Brother Joplin, what the Apostle Paul was saying. He was saying, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. But I'm not satisfied. Woo! That side over ain't paying me no mind. Let me talk to this outfit over here. He said, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. But I'm not satisfied. Can I tell you well, can I tell you at the well tonight, God is looking for some people that will get a hold of what Paul was saying. We are saved. We are sanctified. But we are not satisfied. We have not yet accomplished all that God wants us to accomplish in Derby, Kansas. Woo! I don't know how young states are calm, but Kevin, you're doing good. I'm saved, I'm sanctified, but I'm not satisfied. And, and here, it reminds me of old Vance Havner. I've had life easy as an evangelist. I, I started when I was 13, and Vance Havner evangelized for 70 years. He was married to his wife, Sarah. They had no children. Brother Joplin, he preached in the day that they would do Sunday to Sunday revival. And then sometimes they would do two-week revivals. And everybody looked up here. That was in the days they didn't sing 15 minutes and give you the pulpit. They sang an hour, bless your heart, and let you go. And everybody's worn out and mad time you get in the pulpit. Old Vance Hadford done it. He zigzagged around America preaching the gospel. He wound up. He, they, him and his wife Sarah had no children. And he winds up. He, he could no longer take care of himself. And Sister Andrew, there he is. He's in a nursing home. And every night, this touched me, every night, old Vance Havner would, would go in there, Troy and, and or Tony, and, and he, he'd put his tie on and, or his bow tie on, put his suit on, 
get, and he'd shuffle down to the lobby and he'd sit down and somebody'd come by and say, well, what are you dressed up for? He said, in a little bit, they're going to come get me. And I'm going to go to church and I'm going to go preach. And then I'll come back here and I'll go back to bed. He waited in there for two or three hours waiting on them to come pick him up. And everybody look up here. The old great preacher knew he couldn't do it, but he wanted to do it. And as long, A.J., as there was breath in his lungs, he was tapping into what the Apostle Paul said, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, but I'm not satisfied. Somebody might say, oh, that's heartbreaking. No, it's heartwarming because as long as he had breath in his lungs, he wanted to be used of God. God help us. We are running for a person. We are pressing on for a person. If you agree with that, shout a big amen. amen. Now, now here's where I'm going to preach to you. Man of God, you're already on point number two. Ain't nobody preaching any faster than I am in Derby County. We not only press on because of a person. Here's where I want to do a little teaching and a little teaching preaching. We, we not only press on for a person, we press on for a priority. What do you mean we press on because of a priority? Well, I done got 12. Let me read it again. Not as though I'd already attained I, I, or, or already perfect, but I follow after it that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Here's the, here's the things I want to show you about the priority. There are two principles in this verse, in these next two verses. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Matter of fact, that's where I get the two Bible truths about the priority. Notice what he says, Pastor. This one thing I do. Now, I can already see, Brother Troy, some wheels are turning and, and people are thinking, Derek, what does it mean? There are two things that literally jump out in that verse, verse number 13. And here are the priorities. You need to leave the past behind. Let me say it again. You need to leave the past Behind, I was sitting in last night and watching them, uh, brother, brother Chris and and sister Brittany and how God moved and and He was touching my heart and God was reminding me of this truth. We need to leave the past behind you. Now, this this is beautiful terminology, beautiful language. Do not miss it. Forgetting those things which are behind. Would anybody agree that's a mouthful? Forgetting those things which are behind. I, I studied these words. Now, don't, don't get caught up. The little word behind literally means past. But when you study the original word, the little word behind in the Greek, it literally means a place in time. Nods that and write that down. It literally means, the word behind means 
a place in time. And I'm thinking, man, that's interesting. Then he said, Derek, I want you to study not only the word behind, but study the word forgetting. Now, I need every man, every woman to look up here. I, I know I'm dealing with an intelligent crowd. Derek, surely you're not going to tell me that I'm going to forget. No, I'm not going to uh, mess up your intelligence. Because the devil will make sure you don't forget. And look back up here. And you yourself will make sure, Chris, you don't forget. You will play the game of repetition and it'll come back to your mind. Now, now listen to this. Do not miss this. So the little word, the, these are powerful. The, the, and I, I want you to get it. The word behind means a place in time. Then the little word forgetting. It does not mean that I will not remember. Here's what that little word forgetting means in the Greek. And this is so good. Don't, don't miss it. It means don't, do not be influenced by. Brother Kevin, let me put it together. I cannot be influenced by that that happened at a place in time. Woo! Roman candles are going off in my spirit. If I wasn't so dignified, I'd lap the church about three times and You know, but I'm way too dignified. Come on, somebody. I don't want to mess up my hair. Hey, hey, listen. I said, man, God, I've never thought about that. I, I cannot allow, listen to me, I cannot allow what happened at a place in time influence me where I am today. I cannot be influenced by that that happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe two weeks, however long. Somebody say amen to this. That that happened at a place in time, I cannot be influenced by. And I want you to understand, and I want you to get a hold. Do not miss. The devil wants you to get stuck in your past. He doesn't want you to get freedom. He doesn't want you to press on. He doesn't want you to keep going on. And he wants to hang you up, get you stuck where you are. Everybody look up here. I deal with people. Something happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And you talk to them. And it's almost like it happened yesterday. You know why that is? They have been influenced by that that happened at a place in time. But oh man of God, is there hope for me to leave my past behind? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there is a God in heaven that can give you victory, that you don't have to be influenced by that that happened at a place in time. 
You can worship. You can praise God even though you bid the hell and back because God's given me the victory to press on and to go on and to move on. Hallelujah. Now, I, I said, God, you, you told me there were two. He said, there are. You need to leave the past behind you. Then write this down. Then I, I got to look at the path before me. What is it, Derek? It, notice this. If I leave the past, I get to look at the path. Where did you get it? And reaching forth. That little phrase there, reaching forth, it means to strain with every muscle, to, to strain to get to the finish line. I, I know I don't look like a runner. I heard an amen over here. I've been fishing for an amen all night and so, amen. I used to run, believe it or not. I love running. I ran the mile, the two mile. I just, I guess I loved it. At the, when you got to the end, they'd ring a bell and tell you you got one more lap. I was thinking, God, we only had one more. Somebody say amen. And I don't know if you know anything about Derek. I'm in it to win it. I hear the ringing of the bell, Chris. I'm thinking, that joker right there thinks he's going to beat me. He's crazy. I'm going hey, to do everything I can to win the race. I'm going to strain with every fiber that I have to finish the race. And if I did that running a secular race, the one that bled for me, the one that died for me, would anybody agree? And, and you might, I might lose my manners here, but we're living in a generation that we don't want to strain. We don't want any opposition. We want everything easy. I just want to float through it, Brother Derek. What? You're not going to float through it. You got the strength. There's going to be days in your walk with God and your journey with Christ that you're going to have to take a licking and keep on ticking. And you got to leave the past behind so that you can look at the path that is before you. Now, we all get this, and I'm about to move to my final point, and I am preaching at breakneck speed. Somebody say amen. It makes me feel better. We all have the same problem at the well. We all have the same problem. We remember all the stuff God wants us to forget. And we forget all the stuff God wants us to remember. <laughs> it's the truth. Why do we do it? We remember all the stuff God wants us to forget. And would you agree we forget all the stuff God wants us to remember? I'm going to give you a deep statement tonight. And, and it's, it's, it's really not deep. I just use that to get your attention. Quit lamenting the past and start living in the present. 
The only way, pastor, the only way I can get the priority is I have to leave the past behind me and I get to look at the path that's before me, but I must press on. Would you agree with me? We press on for a person and we press on for a priority. The last point, you mean you're done? Yes. One more. Look at this. We not only press on for a person, we not only press on for a priority. Lastly, we press on because of a prize. Amen. That little word in verse 14, Mark, that little, and, and I've read it a couple of times. Let me, let me get it again. I press toward the mark. That little word mark literally means telescope. Paul said, I am fixed on an object. And I, I believe, Pastor, he was actually fixed on two objects. He was fixed on the object of heaven, the high calling. I, I, I'm not picking. I'm from Arkansas. Some of you are from Kansas. And, and I tell this to Arkansas folks just like I tell it to Kansas folks. This is not heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. I hate to bust your bubble. This ain't heaven. I, I, I was talking to Tony before church, and he was talking about some of the mountains, and they've been going down around Jasper, Arkansas, and walking around seeing some beautiful scenery and, and the mountains, and, and it's very beautiful, but we know that's not heaven. It's just, it's beautiful, but it's not heaven. And, and I began to think, and Paul was saying, I am fixed on the high calling, on the upward calling of Christ Jesus. I am on my way to heaven. But would you agree with me? This is not the finish line. And I am pressing. I am running the race. This, Pastor Joplin, is temporary, but heaven is eternal. I am pressing for the prize of heaven. Hallelujah. And, I, and can I just tell you, I, I think we've kind of gotten away from that in the church. But heaven is the prize. That, that, what a prize it is. But i got to give you something tonight. And, and, I, and I've got one more, but I want to say this. You're not going to go to heaven because you're good. And you're not going to go to hell because you're bad. You're going to go to heaven because you're saved and the blood has been applied. If you go to hell, it's because you did not accept the shed blood of Jesus and accept the eternal gift that he gave us all. If you agree with that, shout amen. amen. Now, I don't know about y'all. I look forward to heaven because, and I know we don't have to do it all the time, but I still get on airplanes and they make me wear these goofy masks. And they think I don't have enough sense to know. I can still get the stuff. I get a Coke. I get to pull the mask down. Get my little cookie. Pull the mask down. If that ain't the goofiest stuff I ever heard of. And then as soon as I get done eating the cookie... 
and drinking the Coke Zero. You can't have the cookie if you get the Coke Zero. I, Andrew, I used to make fun of folks that would get a king-sized Butterfinger and get a Diet Coke. I am one of them people now. <laughs> Woo! It's just balance in life. Amen. Somebody amen me right there. If y'all think I want to die, Pop, you're crazy. But I know I'm going to get 16,000 calories in the candy bar. I don't need 16,000 in the pop. It makes a lot of sense to me. I understand. You're confused. Come back. Heaven, here's what's heaven. I don't have to wear a goofy mask. I don't have to, and I'm not against washing my hands, but my, my hands are falling apart with all that sanitizer. Kevin, ain't you looking forward to going to heaven where there's no hearing aids? There's no, amen. There's no, I mean, we don't have to, we all have hair. I mean, everybody, well, I told you last night, everybody can't pull this look off. Someone says, that man's conceited. No, I'm just encouraging myself. Because I know you don't think it looks good. I can't help it. I am fixed. Paul said, I am fixed on heaven. I am fixed not only on heaven. Write this down. And I've already covered this, so I won't have to preach long. He was also saying, I'm fixed on him. I am fixed on Jesus. Amen. Derek Stinnett. Now, Brother, Brother Chris, I, I won't give you this. In, in Christ Jesus, verse 14, I'm focused on Jesus Christ. I will get the prize, the prize. We'll get a crown. And, and, and listen to me. Those of you that are golfers, and I didn't even watch none today. I did watch a little yesterday. Uh, the master, the masters, if you win the master's, tournament they give you a green jacket if you win a Super Bowl uh, AJ they give you a Super Bowl ring uh, I, I hate shock y'all ain't none of us in this room getting a green jacket I hate shock you Brian I mean, I mean you're not going to win a Super Bowl you yourself personally amen not going to ever get a ring but you keep running this race and you will get a crown. And you'll take that crown and you'll throw it at the feet of the one that bled for you, that died for you, that paid the price for you so that you could leave the past behind. You ain't hearing me. And, and no longer be influenced by that that happened at a place in time. Here's the whole sermon. And I told you, and I meant it. I'm closing. My daddy said, don't ever say it more than two or three times. I said, how come, daddy? He said, that's lying, son. I didn't know I was a lying preacher, but I've been telling him I'm closing my whole life. I'm closing. It just takes me a long time to do it, Amen. They tell me Neil Armstrong, I close with this story, Neil Armstrong, 
in Apollo 11 in 1969. The day before the launch, they tell me about Neil Armstrong that he was cool under pressure. He was calm under pressure. He was very poised. They asked him the day before the launch. He's sitting in an interview room. He is taking questions. Here's a couple of questions he received. Question number one, how will you get off the surface of the moon? He answered, Buzz and I will get back in the lunar module. We'll ignite the engines. It'll lift us off the surface of the moon. Neil Armstrong got a second question. The question was, what if the rockets don't light? Then they put a question within a question. If the rockets don't light, how long do you have to live? How long is life support? Neil Armstrong calmly said, poised said, we'll have six hours to get those rockets lit because we'll have six hours of life support. They said, what will you do in those six hours? If, if, I'm glad they wasn't asking me. I'd slapped them. Hey, man, you're getting on my nerves. Somebody say, man, leave me alone with these goofy questions. But he didn't do that because he was calm. Kevin, he said this. He said, we'll work like crazy to get those rockets lit. Pastor, when I think about the time I have left, I want to work like crazy for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I want to press on with everything I have. Someone asked me the other day, said, Derek, I've never seen you any busier than you are. Derek, don't you, don't you get tired of saying goodbye to your family? Don't you get tired of never being at home? And don't you and, and listen to me. Please don't feel sorry for me. I realize my days, Chris, come on. My days are numbered. My minutes, my seconds are numbered. I don't have very long to live in the grand scheme of things don't have a lot of time and would you agree with me that no matter your age tonight that applies to you and and here's what I want to do we are we are pressing on for a person we are pressing on for a priority we are pressing on for a prize 